Let's go. We're doing this in the name of King Jesus. This is The Way Today, a podcast which focuses on Christians in and around pop culture and how it may affect our walk with God. Welcome to the show. The earth began in perfection, ain't no sin had infected God created creation within six days and he rested Man was made in his image, essentially he reflected Then gave Adam a part and named Eve to serve as his helper Plan was to populate the planet with image bearers And to maintain the garden, the pre-incarnate would walk in Eden team of creatures, named by the man himself Told that they could eat food from every single tree except The one called the tree of life, told him that they would die Naturally obey the creator who gave him life Later on came the snake, slithering through the grass Told the woman to go against what the heavenly had Told them propose a lie that they actually wouldn't die As she bit from the fruit, the man passively justified Then he ate it as well, condemned us all straight to hell Both realized they were naked, hiding because of shame God confronted the man, Adam went and shifted the blame God then cursed all humanity, kicked him out of the garden Now all mankind is sinful and desperately needs a pardon I'll pause it, forward now to where we're all in, there's a race, I'll wait What's up, everybody? I'm Rob Hunter, and I'm here with Michelle and Kenny B, and we are The Way today. In today's show, we get really into the Word, real Bible-based, and I'm going to love it. So no further ado, let's go. Breaking, breaking, The Way Today News. This week, I watched a sermon, a message from Todd White. If you guys don't know who Todd White is, he is a, a Christian speaker, uh, an evangelist. Uh, he, he's, he's very, very kingdom-minded. Very kingdom-minded. Uh, very passionate about lost souls. Very passionate about going out and telling people about Jesus. No fear about telling about Jesus to anybody. I saw a video this week, not the message I'm talking about, but he went down to Brazil and was talking to a Satanist cult about Jesus. He just walks up to people and talks about Jesus, which I think is mind-blowing, thinking about just doing that wherever I go. You can't just do the simple... You gotta tell people because they can't see you. I'm making my head explode. (laughs) Anyway, so I watched his message. The message is called Remaining Unoffended. It's on YouTube. I will gladly post a link to this on our uh, Facebook and Instagram page so people can look at it. But this is what I got from the message and, and, and some of my theology, which I've thought for a long time. Okay, hold on. Don't tell us what you got. You said you wanted to see if your theology and what you got from Todd White coincided. So tell us your what your theology is, and then we'll talk about what we what we gleaned off of Todd White and see if they line up. Okay. And I'm sitting right now with no scripture in front of me, so I'm not going to quote scripture. I'm just going to say that I know it's in scripture, and... So 
So in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there are stories about Jesus interacting with certain people. With one lame man, he healed the lame man. The lame man got up to walk away, and Jesus said, Go and sin no more. I think almost every version I've read it in, it says, Go and sin no more. When the adulterous woman was about to be stoned and Jesus stopped it and he picked her up the ground, he said to her, go and sin no more. I believe that the Old Testament is story after story after story, truth but story, of how men, men and women, man has disappointed God over and over and God has given us grace and forgiveness over and over until finally I think he said he cleans his hands and he said alright I'm going to do it myself and show him how it's done and then comes the birth of Jesus and Jesus comes down as a man Here's where it gets a little controversial mm-hmm. for some people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus are God, yes. But when he walked this earth, he walked this earth as a man, flesh and blood. He felt pain, he felt emotion, he felt temptation, he felt everything. Now, did he act on his temptation? No. Did he sin? No. But he wasn't fully God as man. He had the essence and power of God, but he was fully man. So, I believe God sent Jesus to show us how to do it, how to live our life, how to resist temptation, how to live and have the Holy Spirit within us now. Jesus also says that if we think something and it's in our heart, we've already sinned. Now this is getting even deeper, but I don't believe that our thoughts sometimes are our own. If I'm sitting somewhere or I'm walking somewhere and I see another woman, I'm a happily married man, but if I see another woman Mm -hmm. and I look at her and a lustful thought comes into my head and I immediately ask God to take it from me, I believe that wasn't my thought. Could have been planted by the devil. Could have been planted by my flesh, but not my Holy Spirit thought. Now, if I go and continue on thinking things in my mind, then I have committed sin. Now, this is not gospel. This is my theology. So, I believe that it is possible once you've been cleansed and born again that you can live your life like Jesus without sin. Didn't say it was easy. Didn't say it was going to be a walk in the park. But I do believe it. Okay. So how can you do that? How do you do that? How do you live that life like Jesus without sin? Well, like Todd White says, okay. he doesn't let anything corrupt him. He doesn't give a chance. 
he told a story about he was sitting with a woman on a plane. Todd White has dreadlocks. Mm -hmm. He told the woman he had to do his dreadlocks, and he was telling her about Jesus. She really wasn't hearing what he wanted to say. So he continued to do his dreadlocks, and she didn't mind. He said he even emphasized that his hair was very clean. It wasn't dirty dreadlocks, and he could, you know, you could come smell his hair if you wanted to. Anyway, as he was doing his hair, he noticed that she had started a movie. And when he looked over at the movie, he was completely disgusted because of the violence and the sex. And he even said the murder that was going on on the movie that he couldn't. He doesn't submit himself to things like that. He doesn't give it a chance. He said that Jesus tells us to be childlike. That doesn't mean to be immature, but to think like a child, to have faith like a child a a child will believe in almost anything absent from Jesus and God a lot of children believe in Santa Claus the Easter Bunny, the Tooth Fairy because they have a faith like a child that this thing is real without seeing it now we need to be like that we need to have that faith that Jesus is real not just say it but really believe it and know and not open ourselves up to corruption. And that goes from music, movies, uh, television, people that you you're, you hang out with. If it's causing you to do something wrong and causing you to have conviction, you shouldn't be doing it. Jesus also says, don't let your right hand cause you to sin. Chop it off. Don't let your eye cause you to sin. Pluck it out. He doesn't say this for any reason. This is Jesus. Now, you have the other side of Christianity where people say, I'm only human. Uh, Oh well, I'm not perfect. Jesus was perfect. I'm not Jesus. People say this and I am one of these people that fall into this category. I'm not perfect. But this message gave me a lot of conviction about things I need to change in my life to be more like Jesus. We're supposed to be a light in this dark world. We're surrounded by darkness, but Christians are supposed to be a light. And if we're letting... If we're supposed to be a light, like a candle, but we're letting things uh, blow on us to almost put out our fire, put out our flame then we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. We should be burning bright. We should be an example. We should, people should look at us and go, wow, what is so different about that person? What is so different? And I think we use Christianity and church as a gimmick and a crutch sometimes. And I don't think we go fully into the word in which we can get into. And like I said, the other side, we have Paul saying that he has a thorn in his side, which is sin, that helps him be humble and not too proud. And that's the other side of the card, is that if you get to a point where you're not sinning, do you get too proud where you think, I don't need God, I don't need Jesus because I'm not sinning? No, I think it's just the opposite. I think every day you need to... 
pray to God for help. Pray to Jesus to help him guide you. And you need to work on it every day. Paul also said you should die to your flesh every day. Right. Right. I, I, and I understand. And, and I understand. And, and Even though Todd is, you know, I'm just reading a little bit about his story. And even though he's making these claims that he is sinless, the Bible tells us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And as long as you are in this flesh, even the first thought, according to any Old Testament, I mean, the thought itself is a sin. And so you can't claim to just be this perfect man because he was not Christ. He's still in the flesh. And there's things that's going to always, God says none of us is exempt from trials and tribulations. So whether Todd is showing any of his trials and tribulations, he's still having those because none of us as believers are exempt from those. Now, in those trials and tribulations that we don't see away from the scene, it is those trials and tribulations that he may have to check his flesh from wanting and desiring and thinking thoughts of sin to deal with those. But because we are not in his personal life, we can just typically take what the Bible is saying. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so I, I hear what Todd is saying, but you, you're talking about a man who has been um, coming from being addicted to drugs, coming from being an atheist. I mean, sometimes, you know, just like these other people who he's talking to, they got to go through their process. And sometimes we forget as Christians that Jesus clearly says no one can come to the to the Son unless it's the Father who draws him. And so we all have a path to take. And just like God was gracious enough, knowing that he was going to go through this drug addiction, knowing that he was going to be an atheist, and then he was going to have this radical experience, we don't know the path that everybody has to take to get to the ultimate destiny that God is setting for their life. Here you have... Paul in the Bible, who wrote majority of the New Testament, who was a Christian killer. And God automatically had him in mind. What tripped me out even about that story was, I remember when 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 Judas was gone, the disciples got around 11 of them, and they tried to cast lots to see who was going to be the next one to fill that spot, that promised spot of 12 for the tribe of Israel. But what was so funny was they cast lots and they picked somebody. We saw the name of the somebody who they picked in the New Testament, but we never saw that name since. You know why? Because God said that was man picked. It wasn't God picked. But all the time, God had Saul in mind. And so God had somebody in mind. And sometimes we tend to want to do things how we think it should be done. And God will allow us to do it, but ultimately God's purpose will prevail. So I, I can't hear anyone saying that they are sinless. I don't... I don't I... I, I'm, I, I see that got you fired up. <laughs> let, let, let's back up a little bit. He doesn't right. claim. He does not claim to be sinless. Okay, maybe I'm reading it wrong. Okay, go ahead. Okay, he says he works very diligently mm-hmm. in not doing that. He does not make any claims in any mm-hmm. any. I've watched a vast majority of his sermons. Okay, and he does not claim to be sinless. Mm-hmm. He just claims to love Jesus and live his life the best way that he can to mm-hmm. love Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, what 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 uh, Rob was saying is he has taken great measures to remove all the temptations that he possibly can from his life because he knows his flesh is weak. 
But go ahead. <laughs> we'll, we'll read that later, but go ahead. We got Todd fans in here. Which, I, I mean, I'm a fan of my, my, my sisters and brothers in Christ, yeah. no matter what. You know, even if we disagree on certain things, I, that, that still doesn't take from their character of who they are and what they are doing in the kingdom. But, you know, we do have non-believers that are listening to the messages that we are putting out that we still have to be mindful about how we're conveying that. And, I mean, I, I applaud him. He's doing an excellent job. Like I said, to come from addiction and drugs, atheists, and to be where he's at, you absolutely right, Brother Rob. It's like this is where we're supposed to be as believers, spreading the gospel, not being afraid, not being fearful, going up there, you know, speaking the truth at all costs because that's what we signed up for as Christians. The Bible says that you have to be willing to lay down your life. And so I agree with, with his delivery of going out there and the things he done. I, I think that's beautiful. I, I'm just, my message to people, to Christians, not to maybe uh, people who are lost right now, but this is to my Christian, my brother and sisters in Christ, clean it up. Clean it up. Right. Mm-hmm. Clean it up. Don't leave church on a Sunday and go home and put on something that you know you shouldn't be watching. Right. Don't go home and put on music you know is going to make you have bad thoughts. Right. And and that's all I'm saying. I I need to work on myself. I can't tell anybody else. I'm just right. telling you, this week, his message convicted me to try diligently to cut out the mess. I agree. And you know what's so funny? While you were being convicted, I read this book. I met these young girls earlier this week who met me in the Walmart parking lot. I'm not going to go into the full story, but they gave me the, these two books. And one of them was Spiritual Progress. And that convicted me. The Spiritual Progress in the book, he was explaining that it's called like a divine metabolism. And so that's why I asked you first, like, how do you do that? So I, I want to leave just a couple of that insight to, to our to the listeners of how to do that, how to have that. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, can you be gone? Yeah, all right. Ooh, I like that. Okay, but <laughs> I'll read that in a minute. <laughs> He's so silly. Okay. Kenny is not playing with me, you all. If you can see him right now, you'll be like, you know what? Stop the recording now. Okay, but... So the spiritual progress was saying that a lot of times, you know how they say like you are what you eat and you know how they say like whatever you eat, you know, you become. Right. And they say that like your cells, um, you know how they say the cells actually kind of like you get new cells and the old cells die out. And if you keep eating the same stuff, these new cells is going to be just as bad as the old cells. Well, spiritual progress was saying a lot of times we are trying to live out our faith walk by rules, by knowledge. And he's saying that God never intended on us to live like that. What he intended on us to do was to make sure that we are eating the word. And as we are eating the word, just like food, you become what you eat. And so what happens is the more that you eat the word, it kicks out all of the old stuff in there that you was accustomed to. And you become more like the word. This is why the word becomes flesh. And then you begin to walk this walk, this walk out without doing what the old man did. And so I just kind of wanted to give a little bit of insight without going into that, That's actually but a great, that's, that's great. It made so much sense to me because the way he was explaining it was if you keep eating the word, what happens is you begin to develop a new man. 
and the old man is constantly being dying out because you're not feeding it and then God don't intend for you to try to walk it by rules and, and laws but what he intends for you is to have so much of the word in you that the word begins to come flesh and you begin to actually be able to walk it out because all you speak and that's another thing that he said in his message, though, is we need to stay in the Word. Yes, that's key. We need that's to stay key. in the Word. That's key. You know, that's key. there's so much that we could be doing more with the Bible than just picking up and reading Scripture. And I'm guilty of it. The listeners know I post yes. Scripture once a day from my devotional. Uh, I know a lot of us, we post Scripture. But I read something one time about, and it caught my, the article caught my attention. The article was, never reads a Scripture. I said, what? So I had to read it. And the article basically said, never read one Bible scripture. Read what's before and what's after it. So you know the context of the story. And that's another thing that we, on another time, will have to get into about taking things in the Bible out of context. Right. Because I have a big... There's a couple of scriptures that people use all the time, and I'm like, you don't even know what they're talking about. <laughs> right. So, but shout out to Todd White and Lifestyle Christianity. Good job. I, that I, Kenny B do that shout out. Shout him out, Kenny B. <laughs> Peter wasn't saved when he walked on water. It's true. Okay. Do you disagree? I'm silent. <laughs> Why? Peter wasn't saved when he walked on water. Mm. Well, if you if you think about it, people couldn't be born again until Jesus rose again. Okay. Correct. He couldn't. They, you can't be born, and I mean, he, he can't be washed in the blood of Jesus if it hadn't been spilled yet. Okay. It's true. It's true. You're just gonna. That's like opening up another case, right? Right, because I'm like, you All know right. what? <laughs> All right. We, we don't have no more time. No, you we're know. gonna go to our next story, mm-hmm. and we're gonna save that for the time. That's next week. All Good. right. Nope, you're not getting off that easy. <laughs> I don't think so. So, why do we have to continue it later? Let's talk about it now. There he goes. There he goes. Let's go. go I'm, I'm waiting. What? I mean, that's it. it. It came from accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Right. Doing the confession. So right. the, the blood of Jesus washes you clean in righteousness. Correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. And you are righteous in God's eyes because God sees blood of Jesus mm-hmm. that covers our sins. Right. Correct? Mm-hmm. And the wages of sin are still death. Mm-hmm. They've always been that way from the beginning of time because mm-hmm. that's what God said and His word never changes. That's right. So, how can you be saved if Jesus hadn't died yet? listeners how can you be saved if jesus has not died yet and we shall continue yeah and and respond listeners like like send us some messages and respond to that and let kenny know stop letting her get off she's trying to not say something she went off hard on my boy so i just turned it around right back at her and she's trying trying to back out of it that's what she's trying to do because what's going to have to happen is we end up getting into old testament and we'll start getting into Old Testament of how the Old Testament was pointing to the Savior. But we'll actually get into how that they were up under the law. 
And up under the law, they was considered safe under the law. But they had to keep the laws. By the, It was a total different salvation. But again, the law was the schoolmaster and it was pointing to Jesus to come. So, but we have to get into Old Testament later. But I think, I think we'll leave it on this note. I think it's a, <laughs> it's a play on words of saved yes. and born again. Yes. I think two may think that they mean the same thing, but I think it means something totally different. But think about before Jesus come, think about John the Baptist and what he was doing. And he says, I baptize with water. There was still a baptism that was going on. He said, but there is one who comes greater than me that I'm not even worthy of tying his shoes. He's going to baptize you with fire. He's getting ready to give you the Holy Spirit. But at the same time, before him, actually John was doing the baptism. So there was still salvation going on. But again, and John was filled with the Holy Spirit. And John was filled with the Holy Spirit. So, so that is a topic. I think, think, I think that I know. I really do. I think that that it's a plan word. It is. We say saved, but we should be saying born again, because if you look at the Old Testament people, they looked forward to the Messiah. Yes. And we look back to the Messiah. Yeah, oh, that's good. Oh, you stop. No, you didn't. That was good. They look forward and we look back. Wow, I like that. All right, (laughs) next story. All right, so let's talk about Kanye West's Sunday service. Uh, He did it at a Baptist church. Yeah, it was um, New Birth, New Birth in Atlanta. One of it was a big, pretty big church. Okay. Yep, it was um, Eddie Long. Eddie Long, he was a pastor there before he passed away. And Eddie Long was an advocate, and he really went out into the neighborhoods, into the streets. And that man used to preach salvation to, well, he used to say thugs, homeless, whoever. But the ministry grown, like, very, very large. And when he passed away, they they moved the church to another guy. When they gave, um, another pastor came in, Jamal Bryant. So, yeah, pretty big church. And it was a big service. I mean, and, and, and I don't believe it was a... Uh... I mean, it might have been planned, but it wasn't something that I think was rehearsed so much what he was going to say. He didn't stand up. No. He didn't stand up and read off a piece of paper. It seemed very Holy Spirit-driven what he said. Um, I dare do this again, but I'm going to read what he said. Right. He said, you sent your son to die for us, and all you ask is for radical obedience to you. Referring to God the Father. He said, you're asking us to do the least. You know how people are going to like, at least I, how are we going to do the least when he did the most? Mm-hmm. And he's preaching Jesus. Right. Uh, you've got a lot of churches nowadays that don't even preach Jesus. Right. They, they put emphasis on the speaker, mm-hmm. on a message about feeling good. And don't give you that conviction. I mean, yeah, he said, I mean, in his statement, one of his statements that he was saying was, the devil had me chasing a gold statue, had me chasing cars, had me chasing numbers. He said, the power of God cannot be calculated by a number, a first week sale, by a bank account, by how many cars drive, by how big your house is, how many acres you got. He said, it's God inside of us. It's God inside of family. It's God inside of friendship that we hold each other accountable. Man, that was powerful. I, I think that we don't give credit due to some people because they're out of celebrity status and we're like, oh, how, they can't be Christian. Right. They can't. But it happens to everybody, right? Right. You wake up, you feel some type of way, you pray to the Lord, you say, come into my life and 
if you're if you're gonna use somebody, why not use Kanye? Right. I mean, I mean, he's radical. You know, just as well as he was radical out there for what we call the enemy. You know, I mean, now he's radical for the kingdom. And again, that's what we're praying for. We're praying for what lost souls. Jesus clearly states that he did not come on the ones who already had it together, but he came for the ones who were sick. I mean, so it makes sense to see someone like him. It's, 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 it's an honor, you know, of God, to honor God, to say, wow, you will use somebody that was so influential like this in the world, and you allow the world to see the turnaround, and it brings the glory to God. I think as Christians, we should, we should be supporting him as much as we can. Absolutely. We should be praying for him. We should be sending him inspirational messages on his Facebook, his Instagram, wherever we can get in touch with Kanye and say, we're with you to help him. Because just like any other new Christian, he's going to need help. Right. And if he's persecuted by people around him saying that this might be some sort of gimmick or it's fake, that's the devil attacking him and right. he might fall. And I think with any new Christian, and it happened uh, even with Justin Bieber, right. that he went out to Coachella. He said that he was, uh, he came to Christ and that he's living a godly life. He was marrying uh, Stephen Baldwin's daughter. I forget her name. Is it Haley Baldwin? But even they said they abstained from sex until they got married uh, wow. because of you know her beliefs as a Christian. Her father, Stephen Baldwin, is an actor who is devoted to Christ. All he does is do Christian movies now and he's changed his path and he's very devoted to Christ, at least in his public figure. Right. Um, but we look at some of these celebrities that you know are really strong for Christ. You've got Kirk Cameron who's you know was a child actor on a TV show, mm -hmm. Growing Pains, and turned into uh, came to the Lord and he's so strong and does everything now for God. Everything right. he does is for his work. You have guys like Tim Tebow an athlete mm -hmm. who doesn't he doesn't chill for nobody when it comes to Jesus he right. talks about Jesus I remember a story a couple months ago where he was golfing and some guy blurted out uh, excuse me Lord they blurted out Jesus Christ and he said loves you right <laughs> you know what I mean because you know he doesn't want to hear stuff like that right and you've got other Christian celebrities out there that um they they pr they pronounce their faith and they and they they come out but they get attacked. Right. I think it happened this week with uh, Drew Brees. Did anybody read that story? No. Drew Brees came out. Um, yeah, I did. And was it? He said some things about the. I like calling the alphabet people the LGBTQ community. Okay. The alphabet. The people. alphabet. <laughs> um, he said some things about the alphabet people and was immediately attacked. Wow. And then on one stroke, he kind of, you know, reneged on what he said and tried right. to apologize. I don't think we should be apologizing when we say something. I agree. That's, I mean, because everybody is trying to be political correct. I used to get the same thing. Like, I will say different things on the Trigger Preacher show when I was doing it. And I'll have people in my inbox, there's not supposed to be a woman's preacher. I mean, I will get attacked too. Like, when you get ready to stand up for righteousness, you are going to be attacked. And I think, as believers, we need to really understand. Like he said, if they persecuted me, they're going to also persecute you. And so... It just comes with the territory, you know. It, it's, I mean, I got all kind of things said to me. I was like, okay, but... That, that's another thing yes. that in the Bible that's taken out of context. Yes. 
that's taken out of context and people think it it's the gospel because it's said one place in the in the Bible. And we're gonna get into that in a whole different right, story about right. context because but as Christians we should be supporting him. Right. We shouldn't be apologizing. We shouldn't be saying, Oh, I'm sorry he got up there and said No, he said the truth. Yes he did. He said the truth. You might not like to hear it. You might be convicted, but guess what? That's the Holy Spirit and you're saying to listen right you need to listen it, it was something rob he said he was like mummering his words and he was like you know what this is not my native language anyway and he was like you know what it's not about being political correct he was like my mom was a, a english professor you know this is not about being correct grammar this is not about being so philosophical or whatever it's about the holy spirit being able to lead you he was in that place and it was like he was like really calling out to the holy spirit what should i say give me what to say while i'm in this place and so the things that he said you know it it was led by the holy spirit I, i i believe that as christians out there we need to stop apologizing for our faith that's right we need to stop apologizing if it offends somebody. If you're living in sin, and I can open up the Bible and it shows me that you're living in sin, right. I'm not apologizing. And just like I should be giving you, uh, <laughs> I should be supporting your rights and supporting all this, support my rights as a Christian, my beliefs. If you believe you'll be able to do something, I should be able to believe what I believe without catching flack. And if I want to say something, if I want to go out, and wave the Christian flag and march in a parade and say praise Jesus and you're going to protest it then I might have to come protest what you're talking about at your pride parade for whatever it is what Kenny Kenny's like you know why are you so quiet why are you so quiet when I I feel like I need to interject he's taking notes but it's true there's there's a lot of celebrities out there who keep their faith quiet right for job security they keep their faith on on a different level they don't want to be persecuted by hollywood and by the world and that's and and you got other guys like chris pratt does everybody know who chris pratt is here yes. from guardians of the galaxy um marvel uh movies he plays star lord um he is a christian who is not afraid to preach the gospel who goes to places like the MTV Movie Awards and tells kids that they need to pray. They need to talk to God. They need to know that somebody paid a price for them to go to heaven and they need to read their Bibles. He goes to Disneyland and he reads the Bible for Christmas. Wow. You know, he reads from the from the Gospel of Luke on Christmas. This is stuff that a Christian is doing. You've got Christians... Um, like Mario Lopez. Everybody know who Mario Lopez yeah, is? Mario. Okay, Mario Lopez got baptized in the Jordan River. I mean, right there, I mean, I'm not saying the level of Christianity, but if you have the money to do that, thumbs up right. to you, right? But then you you, you say something about, uh, he was on a show, um, Candace Owens, I don't know if you know Candace Owens. She is a conservative, conservative political analyst that has her own show on PragerU. And um, he got an interview, and they were talking about Charlize Theron. Uh, there's a story of her. She was watching her daughter in the bathtub, and her daughter's like three or four. Okay. And how her daughter said, Mommy, I want to be a boy. 
and then Charlie Theron just okay, you're a boy now. Wow. And 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 Candace said, uh, you know, we don't listen to our kids like that. Right. Our kids don't know, right? Right. And and Mario Lopez raises kids a certain way, and he says some things, but then. In order for him to keep his show, he had to go out and publicly apologize for what he said. Wow. And he did. And I think right there... Is it because he said we don't raise kids like that based off of what happened with... Yeah. What, okay. Yeah, he and said you, that's wrong. And you know what is so funny? Because I was telling my son, I, I was telling one of my sons to, to do something. They, they got these houses that they're making up in school. And they want the kids to draw a t-shirt. And so they want whoever draw the best T-shirt to represent the house, they can win an award. So I told my kids to draw something spiritual, godly, and different things like that. And my oldest son, you know, they don't know. And he was like, no, wait a minute. He needs to make up from his own mind. And I said, wait a minute, he doesn't have his mind yet. (laughs) And so I think, like you said, we forget that the Bible says, and this is what I told my son, the Bible says, train up a child in the way they should go. And I think today's society is allowing the children to train them who is being influenced by things on TV, by being influenced by things that are secular. They're not being influenced most of the time by anything spiritual. So how can you let children dictate what they should do, where they should go, when their influence is not even coming from themselves yet because they're not even fully developed? And I mean, if we want to get into frontal lobe development and, and different things like that, and how it doesn't develop to you around 20 in your 20s or things like that, then it's our job to tell our children the way that they should go. And I think that's another reason why I believe uh, this Kanye coming to the Lord is God and Holy Spirit driven because he's a voice for the children. Right. He's somebody that children, and when I say children, that's anybody under 20. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, it's somebody that they still listen to. Right. He gets up and says something, and look, this story is everywhere. It's not just, this wasn't just on one little local uh, news outlet in in Atlanta. This is on Fox News. This is on The View. This is everywhere. You even have celebrities of magnitude of Brad Pitt talking about this and and supporting Kanye West. Right. I, I didn't get a chance to read about Brad Pitt, if he's a Christian or not, but I don't know from the way he raises his kids if he's a Christian but if that's something that's convicting him now from listening to Kanye West, more power to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean... Amen. <laughs> Amen. 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 I, I don't know. I, I, and, I, and I hope he's a voice that keeps on speaking. Right. I hope this isn't a... I know he does deal with mental... Uh, mental health problems and I hope this is something that's not caused by his mental health and I don't think the Lord would do that I think the Lord is using him uh, I think the people that he's hanging around are the right people the people that he's talking to because I think he's on the right path I think his voice we need to be obedient right. radically obedient Right. and that's that's what the whole point with God is to be radically obedient. Right. And we're starting to see a lot of that more now that's coming up. And I think that's really putting the fire up under us as believers that, you know, we have to continue being radical as well. 
in the Bible it says um, Jesus was talking and uh, it doesn't say one of the disciples but uh, it was actually they said a lawyer in, in, in the uh, Bible was testing him and they said Lord, uh, Lord what is the greatest commandment of all do you know He said, what is the greatest commandment of all? And Jesus gave two responses. What's the two responses? Love the Lord with all your heart, mind, and soul. And then he took strength out because you can do it on your own strength. He was actually quoting Old Old Testament scripture where it says, love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. But Jesus knew that we can't do it in our own strength and we have to do it in the strength of the Holy Spirit and God. So he left off strength. And then he said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And that's, that's another thing. And this is a message for Kanye. That last one. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. There's an important message there. But what he said too was, on those two, what he say? What he say, Kenny B? On those two alone, everything else rests upon that. Like, those are the two. You gotta remember to love yourself. Kanye, you're doing the right thing. Yes. I hope you hear this, Kanye. And maybe you'll call in and talk to us about your new Christianity because... I'd love to talk to you about it, and I'm all support for you, Kanye. Yes, he got it's called Sunday services, so he's actually started doing this. And so, what I'm understanding is he's actually going around to different places doing Sunday services. I saw one a couple months ago where some other rappers were there, DMX. Uh, I know this one had a couple of Atlanta rappers, Ti and mm-hmm. Two Chains were there, and hopefully Brad this too. Hope and Chris Tucker, Chris Tucker, Chris Tucker. And, and Brad Pitt, he was there too. See, it was there. Too. See yep. that that this is this is something that maybe we're seeing a movement here, and in continuance with Kanye West and the Todd White issue, maybe we're seeing something here that needs to be done in this world because Christianity, I think, needs to be stepped up a level, right, and cleaned up. It's time for radicalism. That's it. Yes. That's it. Yes. What you think, Kenny B? You don't want my definition. Oh Lord, <laughs> that's a whole other topic, right? What Go is ahead. it? What is it? <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, the more I study Scripture and the more I, I pray about it, and I think about it, and I talk to people, I think we misuse some things, and it just uh, it doesn't agree with me. What doesn't agree with you? Go ahead. This is this is the place to talk about. Somebody because feel you how feel. you feel. Yeah. And, and don't point at me. He's pointing. You pointing. He's at pointing me. his finger. Put your little hot dogs on the end of your hand there. <laughs> um, there you go. I'm going to probably step on a few toes when I say this. Do it. Ouch. But we have a bad definition of church. Amen. Um, the church and it's referred to in scripture is referring to the people not the building yes we agree and if you go to for instance I've had this pulled up because I wanted to go there earlier but y'all went down a rabbit hole <laughs> so I just sat here that's how you think that's how you think about us really patiently waiting really? my turn because I knew that it was it would coming come but there's, if you go to Acts chapter 7, start in verse 44, and we'll read down to 53, um, this is uh, 
they're talking about this situation. It says, Our fathers had the tabernacle of testimony in the wilderness, just as he, capital H, who spoke to Moses, directed them to make it according to the pattern which he had seen. And having received it in their turn, our fathers brought it with them, brought it in with Joshua upon the dispossessing the nations whom God drove out before our fathers until time of David. David found favor in God's sight and asked that he might find a dwelling place for the God of Jacob. But it was Solomon who built the house for him. However, the Most High does not dwell in houses made by human hands, as the prophet says. Heaven is my throne, and earth is my footstool of my feet. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what place is there for my repose? Was it not my hand which made all of these things? You men who are stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears are always resisting the Holy Spirit. You are doing just as your fathers did, which is one of the prophets. Which one of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? They killed those who had previously announced the coming of the righteous one, whose betrayers and murderers you have now become. You are received you you who received the law as ordained by angels, and yet did not keep it. God doesn't dwell in a building. Amen. Right. If you go back to the, the the previous thing when we were talking about Todd White and the video that you posted, we are the vessels of the Holy Spirit. Right. Amen. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. Right. Jesus and God are on the throne. Right. Jesus ain't coming back until he it's time to come till the end of the age. Right. The only person we have here right now is the Holy Spirit. Think about it like this. This was taught to me the other day, or somebody showed this, and it kind of like, my eyes like opened up big wide, and it was like, oh, wow. So, you know the old-timey diver suits with big brass helmets, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And when they go underwater, they have that tube yep. that goes up to the top of the pump that pumps down oxygen. <laughs> that tube is the Holy Spirit. Now, in the Bible, it says... You can be forgiven if you blaspheme God. Right. You can be forgiven if you blaspheme Jesus. But if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, you will die. Right. You will never be forgiven. Because the Holy Spirit is our lifeline to Father. Right. That, that's a complete truth. Amen. And, and that's something that I heard earlier on uh, this month from Franz Chan that well, he was asked, what's the problem with what's the biggest problem with American Christianity today? And he answered that we put too much emphasis on the speaker, right. on the person, and not enough emphasis on the Holy Spirit. Right, that's good. Everything needs to be Holy Spirit driven. And that's what I think happened here with Kanye. Right. I, I think that this... The word radical can be used for so many different right. terms. Right. This, I believe, is the radical Holy Spirit maybe even saying enough is enough with right. what's going on in this world. I'm going to use people that you're not even going to believe right now. Right. I'm going to, not not that you don't, but you wouldn't believe. And this is what's happening. 
as we're seeing more and more people come to Christ and having a profound message that we haven't thought about in 2,000 years. And it's simple. The messages are truly being simple. It's, it's not like what Paul says, you know, I may, don't, I may don't have these elegant words and things like that. Like, it's simple. Like, make a decision on who you want to live for and own it. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and we need to be in the Word. Yes. That's what we need to be doing. We don't We don't need to be in a building on our knees. I think there's two parts to the Holy Spirit. I think you can be filled with the Holy Spirit and not have the Holy Spirit upon you. Because... So if you think about it like this, we are a trichotomy. We are human body, we are soul, which is our mind, and we are spirit, okay? So this goes back to the very beginning. When Eve ate the, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, she turned and gave it to Adam. The reason that was so bad is because Adam was told by God not to eat of that, okay? He said, you can have anything else in here. But don't touch that. Don't eat of that tree. You can eat any other fruit. Okay? So at that point, God said, now, okay, you're going to die. And the human spirit is now cursed for time. Okay? Wait, hold, let me finish. Let me finish my thought. Okay? So now, this is why it's so important to be not only filled with the Holy Spirit but to have the Holy Spirit upon you because when Nicodemus was talking to Jesus he said how can I be born again I surely can't crawl back into my mother's womb Mm -hmm. I'm too big Mm -hmm. and if you've ever seen a picture of me that would be really bad (laughs) (laughs) but I'm posting a picture right you can do it (laughs) get an overhead view (laughs) but so when Jesus died on the cross, okay, and he was resurrected, he said, I'm going to, I have to leave so that I can send one that will take my place, that will be a comforter to you. When the Holy Spirit, and, and there was actually two baptisms of the, of the Holy Spirit, if, if you read scripture correctly, because the first one Jesus breathed upon the disciples and they received the Holy Spirit. He breathed upon them and they received the Holy Spirit. But they didn't receive the full power of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit wasn't upon them yet. They weren't technically baptized by fire like we like to say. Um, That comes later at the day of the Pentecost. And if you think about it, what was the sound that they heard? Gushing wind. Gushing wind. Mm -hmm. Because he breathed on them before he blew on them the first time and so the second time when the Holy Spirit came to rest upon them and they received the full power of God because it says we receive the full power of God when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit and we can therefore do everything that Christ did and greater so the Holy Spirit is so important because now the rebirth that Jesus was talking about is the rebirth of the human spirit inside of us 
because the spirit lives inside of us as a vessel. We're vessels. So now we can commune with God because we have a Holy Spirit living inside of us and our human spirit can now communicate because it was dead before and we were reborn. We were made new, a whole new being like we were in the Garden of Eden. We have a brand new mind, a brand new brand new body, and brand new spirit just like before. So the spirit now lives inside of us and we can communicate with God like we did before. The reason that the Holy Spirit then is again more important is because we don't speak the language that God says because it says the Holy Spirit prays and groans and utterances that we can't understand. So we have to have the Holy Spirit so that we can communicate to God because he speaks for us. He intercedes on our behalf with God and then tells us what God says about us. So how can you, Rob, know that you're supposed to go to Bible school if you didn't have the Holy Spirit upon you that told you from from the throne and said, hey, you're supposed to go to Bible school. Right. Right. I, I agree with you 100%. So when, when he was talking about where we are vessels of the Holy Spirit, we are essentially the tabernacle that was set up before. If you look at the Bible, all the stories that are in the Bible, like you should like you said before, they're, they're all teaching us how to understand and interact with God. There's a lot of examples that you have to, to think about and say, oh, the tabernacle that was set up in the wilderness that is able to move around, that is us. That's us. Right. 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 And just the, like the, the tabernacle church, was filled with the ark, which was filled with God. Right. That's us. Right. Correct. Right. And, and I don't remember where it says it, but it, God says, I don't live in houses built out of stone and wood. Right. 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 Well, what are what are church buildings made out of? Right. right. God don't live here. He lives right. in heaven. Right. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Right. And I think that's what you were saying. We're, we take things out of context because you hear, here you have Paul telling us to forsake not to assemble yourselves one to another. Right. And that the coming together is for the fellowship. It is for us to strengthen one another up because the real battle that we are facing is outside of the four walls. And so as we come and we, we meet together, we're supposed to be strengthening each other. That's what the evangelist is for. That is what the prophet is for. The prophet, while we're coming together on one accord, is supposed to speak to us from thus said the Lord on another level. The evangelist, you know, so the, the, the five-fold ministry in the church, we supposed to be in here serving and helping to go out, actually win the souls, and then begin to teach the ones who do come in the building how to live this, how to walk this. But again, we do put so much emphasis on just the building itself, going in there, and then what we do is we turn all the responsibility on people up there on the pulpit right. and we try to eliminate ourselves as the tabernacle as the Holy Spirit from letting God could continue to do the work that he right. needs to do and right. I think I, I want to ask a question 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 you all question question <laughs> and now the news just kidding <laughs> what was the sermon on last week on Sunday what was the sermon about season this this last Sunday or the previous yeah. night this last Sunday Switching into seasons. What was it before that? Um, commit, commit. Commitments. Okay. Now, that's two. 
out of the hundred people that were sitting in there, how many of them could tell you what that is on Wednesday? Correct. Without looking at it. Correct. Right. Because it's not about that. It's not. It's not. Because and when you think of the original Christian church, yeah, okay? Let's talk and, about and that. And we're getting a little deep. Here. No, we're not. This, <laughs> this is what this is the, about. The original really? Christian Uh-oh. church. He's woke. Okay? And I'm not talking about as in the people. We talk about the body of Christ. I'm talking about the building that they went to. The original Christian church was a gathering of believers right. where they could testify to one another about their experience. They didn't all have scripture to well, Where was it? It was... What do you mean, where was it? They met in houses. And, right. And right. They, met, they didn't go well, to the tabernacle no, and they, sit in the tabernacle. Well, some of them or met... in the temple, I mean. Some of them did in the synagogues. And in Corinth, it was in the synagogue. But you know but what they the called it? They did call it... Jesus called it the house of prayer. Right. And that's what... It, and you know what? Honestly... That's what we've gotten away from. Right. That's really what it's all about. Right. It's constantly standing in fellowship with our Heavenly Father through the Holy Spirit. And I had to say that right. Oh, he liked me. He liked me now. He I, liked me now. And okay. I, I, I want to emphasize on prayer that prayer is the most important thing yes. that you be doing with God. Yes. It's, it's the way of talking to you. Prayer and just being with God and experiencing Him. Uh-huh. But, so what kind of prayer? But... If you if you want, <laughs> right. where's that in the Bible? Let's not, let's not, not get that started on that level. It's not. Now, I'm probably gonna misquote. It's either Matthew six or Matthew nine. Hold on, Matthew six. What verse? Oh, what is it? What do you want to know? Where Jesus tells us how to pray and how we should be praying. Oh, oh so about it's not just, not just the Lord's Prayer. Okay. Which I, I say every day with my daughter. Right. Okay. Which I think is an important thing to right. say. But, but think... also Jesus tells us this. He tells you before that. Jesus yeah, tells you, and my mother taught me this when I was younger, and it stuck with me for a long time. Don't be in the streets like the hypocrites right. with arms up praying to God, right. trying to be seen. Go to your closet and right. close your door and pray with God alone. Yes. Matthew 5. Because God can see you no matter where you are. Right. You're doing a vain prayer for yourself by being seen doing it. Right. Okay? Now. You want me to read that scripture? Go ahead. When you pray, and I read from the NASB. Um, that's the closest thing to interlinear, which is a direct quote. I do too. And NASB is word for word. I um, do that in King James is the only that I really do. Yeah. Right um, so it says, when you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may seem by men. Truly, I say to you, okay, I'm going to pause here. Mm-hmm. You ever notice, I don't know if you pay attention to this, Jesus has several ways of saying, hey, pay attention to what I'm going to say. Right. 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 Next coming. Right. He has one truly, two truly, and truly, truly, truly. That's kind of his level of. This, what I'm about to is, say is... This is the most important. Yeah, no, yeah. Right. Right. What I'm about to say. Okay, so it says, Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full, which means the the when they're praying in heaven, and or not praying in heaven, when they're playing in, praying in the synagogues and on the street corners, and they're doing these big illustrious prayers that people are stopping to watch. Them. Oh, look at that holy guy. Right. That's their reward. Right. That, right. Like That's it. They're like, right. you got it. So, but like, you, like your mom told you, when you... But when you, when you pray, 
Go in your inner room, close your door, and pray to your father who is in secret, and your father sees what is done in secret and will reward you. So, like you were saying, it's not about standing out in front of everybody and praying. You still have to spend your one-on-one time with right. with, with the Holy Spirit and, and with God and, and praying your own prayers about your own life and what's going on. But as the church, the original church, like you said, is about the fellowship. A lot of those churches, the original churches, when it was just starting out, I'm talking before they went out to Corinth and they before they planted all the other churches, the original ones, they were meeting in houses and right. sitting at tables right. and breaking bread right. with each other. Right. And and that's the, the fellowship that is the church. That's right. the most important part. Correct. That's the most important part for us to come here, not just on Sundays, but when we come in this in, in our building, our church, our building of a church, is to lean on one another, is to say, Kenny, I had a rough week. Right. I was being attacked. I was being whatever. And it's your job to, to grab me by the Hold arm. Hold on, man. I got to go to the bathroom real quick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, though. It's your job, though, as, as my brother, your job as my sister, right. to grab me by the arm and say, we're going into battle with you. Right. Yeah. We're gonna pray for you. We don't know. You not. You might not know my battle. You might not understand my battle. Right. Don't go. Oh, just pray more. No, you're supposed to grab me by the arm and say, "We're gonna do this together." That's what we're supposed to do as brothers and sisters in Christ. And coming up soon on the show, we have an interview with Kyle Winkler, which Kyle Winkler talks about a lot. Kyle Winkler is a huge. Uh, defender against the devil he is real big on telling the devil to shut up and to protect yourself he has a new program that he's doing for the armor of God Uh, I think it's a a wonderful program and we're going to hear about that later on in the show so next we're going to talk about the chicken sandwich war Popeyes and Chick-fil-A have started a war with each other. Right. We've been covering this for the last couple of weeks. And so now it's turned into the, let's say, <laughs> chicken sandwich world war because now McDonald's and Wendy's are jumping in with their new and improved chicken sandwiches. And then I think the originator of the chicken sandwich, right. KFC. Wow. Is, yeah, bro, they had chicken sandwiches back in the day they've said oh yeah we're gonna step up our game and do something crazy totally ridiculous (laughs) crazy totally radical they're gonna radicalize the chicken sandwich michelle what are they doing with the chicken sandwich oh my god i mean making donuts for the bread for the bun donuts look like they're glazed donuts i can't believe it. yeah that's a fat kid right right there (laughs) i've been to a lot of uh i've been to a lot of fairs you ever had a hamburger with, with I've donuts? had a cheeseburger no. on it. Yes. I've had a cheeseburger on it on two Krispy Kreme when donuts. When you were eating it, could you no. feel your diabetes going up right <laughs> at the same time? It's the weirdest thing because it's not the meat that goes good with it. It's the cheese. Yeah. Oh, my the God. The cheese and the yeah. sugar. You are hyping this up. I'm telling you. Now, listen. <laughs> not the chicken sandwich. Right. He's talking about a, a hamburger. Oh, a hamburger. Okay. But a cheeseburger. I, I am on a diet right now. So this chicken sandwich will escape I'm on me. A diet. I'm on a seafood diet. <laughs> seafood. <laughs> but this chicken sandwich, no. I'm telling you right now, might be like the atomic bomb in this wow. war. Okay. Where people might go, 
Because I'm telling you what, sweet and savory go good together. And if you put a spicy chicken sandwich on a donut, I don't might, know. You might have something Wait, hold on. going on. Dude, all right. This is We have a, a, a Facebook message group that we communicate with each other throughout the week. And <laughs> after talking about this, last week, I'm like, I have Popeye's on the way home. I'm going to take a sandwich. I, I saw it. So when I get there, I pull up in the drive-thru. My mouth starts, you know how oh, we, no. we start thinking about something. <laughs> you're like, oh, you can Your start to taste it a little bit. It. And you get that little bit of drool. You're like, right. and, and, and you kind of wipe it on your, on, your, on your arm down your sleeve because you're drooling a little bit and you're all excited. And I pull up to the line. Don't tell me. No more. Oh, you didn't see the picture? No. I sent a picture to the group. There's a piece of paper with the sign taken out and it That's says That's what that was. <laughs> it says no chicken sandwiches. Wow. So what is so Papa I pulled out of the drive through. I didn't get nothing. <laughs> Bumper jokers, man. They had no chicken sandwiches. I wasn't giving them my money. That's the reason why I went there. So that's how you lose the war right now is right. you don't they have the it. ammunition. They it's it. like it's like the army that doesn't have the bullets but to fight. How do you run out of chicken sandwiches when you're chicken place? I don't know. Well I don't I must know. go to tell you that the chicken might not be real. <laughs> well I've Maybe. seen some of these uh, videos where they show you where like the chicken from a chicken nugget comes from. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. It's tasty, but it mm. might Anyways, be GMO'd. So then I see the advertisements for the McDonald's chicken sandwich. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to give them a try. Guess what? I go to the drive through at McDonald's. Boom. They had chicken sandwiches. Oh, they always get a chicken A new sandwiches. one? Yeah. It's, a, it's a, a, like a, a chicken that has, they call it spicy barbecue sauce. As onions and pickled on it. It's well. crispy or grilled? Uh, it's it's a battered. It's not really crispy. Um, I mean, is anything from McDonald's ever crispy? Right. So, so compared, <laughs> compared to the for five minutes. Compared to Chick Fil A. No, no, not even not even close. If you were to put a number on it, Chick Fil A is a ten, and McDonald's is about a point five. It was it was Point gross. Five. It yeah, was the, gross. It was gross, bro. The barbecue sauce was was questionable at best. Like it tasted like it, it literally tasted like ketchup with a little bit of Tabasco in it. Like oh, it was gross. Oh, you got a lot of people saying they were disappointed <laughs> with this McDonald's chicken sandwich. Like yeah. they got like a sesame seed bun. Like no, yeah, it was that bad. that bun don't even look good. It was it wasn't it wasn't good at all. No. And I was like, man, I wait, and it's like three bucks. I was like, I just should crumple up three dollars and throw them out the window because that's about what it felt like giving them my three dollars. Well, a lot of you might wonder why we continue the story and what does this have to do with the Bible? We we were discussing with each other today about bringing this show really back to the Bible. So I'm going to bring back to the Bible right now. When Jesus rose again from the dead. And he met there was with, no chicken sandwiches. Hold on. In the book of Luke, in the Gospel of Luke, We're Jesus. Wait, what? Jesus, you gotta talk to me. Chapter. Luke, oh. Luke, Luke, chicken. I don't know the final chapter. Was it twenty-four? Yep. Or twenty-nine? Twenty-four is the last chapter. Okay, so it's, it's it, in the book of Luke. You can keep scrolling through. Jesus is uh, going to meet with his disciples again. For the first time altogether, he's seen Peter, he's seen Mary, he's seen a couple of them, but he's going to meet with them all together after the resurrection. After the resurrection, okay, gotcha. and he passes them, and he turns to them, and they say, "Lord, oh Lord, it's you." And out of his mouth, he says, "Have you any meat?" So this is what it has to do with the Bible. Jesus 
like some meat, okay? That's what he said. He didn't say, wow. he didn't say, hey brothers, glad to see you. He said, have you any meat? And what they do? They gave him a piece of meat and he ate it. And it says it right in the Bible. Okay? That is, that is a, uh, that is silly putty at best because that's a stretch, bro. What? It says it in the Bible. I'm talking about the connection. Well, I'm connecting I, it. I got that, you. I'm that there, we're, I, I see we're where you're going. We're fascinated with this chicken sandwich story. I see where story. you're going, but it, it, you're, holding so, your, you're holding your connection up with wet tissue paper. So, well, <laughs> it ain't fixed So Jesus like meat. And so basically what we're saying is if you're going to make the meat, make the meat likable for the servants of Jesus. Chick-fil-A, step your game up. Chick-fil-A is on fire, bro. We didn't even talk about step your game up. I love Chick-fil-A. Popeye's right now, if they had this. Popeye's ain't got no chicken sandwich. If they had it, they're not even allowed to advertise anymore because they don't got them. Well, KFC might be the next biggest. Yeah, they might be the next biggest. I wonder whose donuts they're going to use. I don't Probably Krispy Kreme. No, they don't look like Krispy Kreme donuts. No, they look like... One of the gas station donuts. Never mind. I'm good. <laughs> that's that waxy donut when you eat it. That's yes, like that's something what it left is. on the roof of your mouth that yeah. you have to like, Wax. you can't even drink it away. <laughs> it's just there for six, seven hours. You're like, where'd I have donut? Yeah. Anyway. All right. Next up, we're going to do our movie review of a movie called Translated. No. <laughs> So I'm so excited today to do an interview with Kyle Winkler. He's one of my favorite Christian speakers. Uh, he's been featured in media throughout the world, including TBN's Praise the Lord, Sid Roth's It's Supernatural, and Glenn Beck's The Blaze. His mobile app, Shut Up Devil, is awesome. It's a top-ranking app for iPhone and Android. His first book, Silent Satan, became a number one best-selling spiritual warfare book on Amazon helping thousands shut down the enemy's attacks, threats, lies, and accusations. His latest book, Activating the Power of God's Word, is available wherever books are sold. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this interview. Kyle's app, Shut Up Devil, is one of my favorites. It's we talked about in the show before. It's an app that you can download. It's free. If you have a Bible on your phone, this is the second Christian app you should have on your phone. Shut Up Devil. If you're feeling uh, anger addiction, if you're feeling lust, if you're feeling um, anxiety, all these emotions are on there and it brings you right to scripture where you should be looking at for those feelings. It's one of the greatest things that we could have on our phones as Christians. So check it out. Shut up devil. And here comes the interview with Kyle Winkler. Would you please welcome our special guest? All right, everybody, we're here with Kyle Winkler of Kyle Winkler Ministries and Shut Up Devil, the app that I've been promoting since the beginning of the show. Uh, Kyle, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We really appreciate it. I appreciate everything you're doing, Rob. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be with you. So the focus of this podcast is to help Christians on their walk with God, uh, things in pop culture, things in the world that might pull them away from God. 
lower their spirits. So what uh, sort of advice could you give to a Christian who can't hear God speaking to them? Well, I would say that the Holy Spirit is at work 24-7 on everybody. We have to remember that. And sometimes we hear God and oftentimes we don't. So we do have to be very careful that we don't just base whether or not God is with us if based upon if we can feel him or if we can hear him. The Bible does say that the Holy Spirit, God, is with us at all times. And so, you know, a, a big part for me in hearing God was really understanding what God had to say about me, first of all. I had to understand that I was worthy uh, to hear God's voice. For so long and many years, I, I came out of a religious system that I was taught ultimately that God was out to get me and that God was mad at me. Right. And then couple that with my own issues growing up and just the feeling that I wasn't good enough, the feeling that I wasn't too much, or that I was too much of this or not enough of that, all kinds of things that the world and, and the enemy tries to put into you. I couldn't believe that God loves me. And so whenever you don't believe that you're worthy enough, that you're loved by God, then that is going to hinder your relationship with God, and that is going to keep you from hearing or seeing God in your life. And so just a a declaration. I'm big on declarations. I'm big on speaking God's word, meditating on God's word. Something that has really helped me, and I know it's helped others in kind of kick-starting hearing God's voice in their life and ultimately having a deeper relationship with him is just reminding yourself and saying, God loves me. It's as simple as that. God loves me. And when you really believe that he absolutely loves you, you're going to naturally want to grow closer to God. And therefore, as the Bible says, when we submit ourselves to God, we draw near to him, then he draws near to us. That's awesome. I'm, I'm sure someone's going to be able to use that. What could a, a person who's new to the faith do when they're getting backlash from their family or friends? Oh, this is such a big one because my story has so much to do with this. As I said, I grew up in a religious system, a certain denomination that was all about rules and regulations and doing the right things and really performing before God. And that was the basis of whether I believe God could accept me or not. So then I come into a born again experience around 16 years old. And I thought that my family would celebrate that, celebrate me wanting to grow into the faith. And boy, was I wrong. I mean, they certainly <laughs> rained on my parade for, uh, Practically the next decade, definitely in my high school years, was very hostile. And I understand now, looking back, I mean, they didn't know how to handle this. I didn't know how to handle it. I was overzealous was the big thing. And that's what a lot of people that are freshly saved, we, <laughs> we get very on fire, which is a great thing. And out of our zeal, we can tend to do some unwise things. And for me, I tried shoving down their throats everything that they were doing that was wrong. And so I wanted them to see, you believe this wrong, you're doing this wrong, I don't agree with this. And that didn't help anything. Right. It only put defenses up for them. And so that's, that's one key that I say when people freshly get saved or filled with the Holy Spirit or whatever, and we're zealous and we're on fire, be very careful 
not to just shove down somebody's throats your experience. I get it. We want somebody to experience what we've experienced because it's changed us. But we can't force them to have that same experience. Right. And all we're going to do, if, if we're saying God spoke to us in this way, or we saw God here, or we had seven angels in a vision uh, happen in our life, whatever it is, they didn't have that same experience. They can't possibly understand. And so the best thing to do is close our mouths largely and let the fruit of God in our lives do the talking. And that's what happened for me. As I started to stop beating the Bible, beating them over the head with the Bible, and stop pointing out all the things they were doing wrong and what they should do instead and how they should believe. And I just started living out the way that God was transforming me. Right. I just started being nice and they started seeing me be generous and they started seeing me have a better attitude and my talking was different and my perspective of life was different. That started to cause them to perhaps want what I had. And over time, it's not an overnight thing. People have to realize it's often an overtime thing, but over time they started to pay attention and they started then to ask me questions. When I finally stopped telling them what to do and what not to do, they put their defenses down and they started asking me questions about the faith because they saw the Lord's work in my life. And that was the key. Just let them see God through you. Nice. That's, that's perfect. And I, you know, I've been doing that with a couple of guys that I know that are uh, asking me questions. And I told them, I, I said, it's, it's my job to give you information and it's the, it's God's job to soften your heart. It's the Holy Spirit's that's job to come. Key. Right. And that's, and that's great. And that's such a good point there, Rob, is that we can give information at times, but we can't tenderize their hearts. And I think sometimes we come at them like a meat tenderizer and we right. bang the heart and bang the heart and bang the heart using the word of God sometimes. And it's not meant for that. Um, we have to, I, I often say that God can do in 10 seconds what we can't do in 10 years of arguing, convincing, and persuading. Right. He'll do the convincing in just the right timing. Right. We just got to be available for when he's ready for us to talk. Give the information as necessary, but then stand back and let the Holy Spirit do what only he can do. What can we do as Christians to keep the spirit alive and on fire after, let's say, a church service or worship service when we leave and get home and we're by ourselves? That's such a good question. Ultimately, I think there's several things that we can do. Number one, you have to keep the worship alive. And so something that really impassions me often is I get in the presence of God through his worship music. And praise and worship is something that's huge for me. You know, whatever works for you. But music is such a big thing. Uh, also, staying in God's word, of course. And that's where you really hear God. That's where God speaks to me. I'll sit in my bed sometimes at night or in the morning and I will ask God, I'll be talking to him about various things that are going on in my life and I'll just ask him, hey God, what would you say about this? And usually when I'm reading his word, that's whenever I hear his answer and that brings an excitement to me as well. The other thing that is, it's a fire starter I call it, but it also helps continue the fire, is to be looking at stories 
of God's power in your life and in the lives of others. Testimonies is what we would typically call it. And that will always build a confidence that what God did for somebody else, He can also do for you. And I know for me, when I see stories of the power of God flowing through different people, different situations, miraculous ways, all kinds of things like that, that really is something that keeps the fire going for me. And then it builds an expectancy, just as I said a minute ago, that what God did for somebody else, He'll also do again and again and again. And so it's huge to constantly be looking for the movement in God in different places. And thankfully, because of the Internet and books and YouTube and all kinds of media out there, there are so many ways to find where God's moving and what He's up to and tune into that. That's awesome. Uh, I'm privileged enough to get to teach the youth from time to time in my church. And what is something that uh, we could do to tell our youth to get them on fire for the Lord? I think it's, it's similar to um, what I kind of said in the last one, is create a place where God can be encountered. And of course, encountering God looks different at different times. But foster an atmosphere for God to be encountered. And sometimes that is, that's it's being open and real with each other, sharing stories of what God has done in each other's lives. And it can be sometimes it's sensational and other times it's it's not. It's just God helped me get through this bad attitude that I had, that type of thing. But also stress the goodness of God. And I think that's part of the stories that we tell right. is it showcases God's goodness in our lives and in the lives of others. And I know that's been huge for me, is constantly focusing on how God is working in somebody else's life and my life and how he is showing his character of faithfulness and love and all the various fruits that come with his Holy Spirit. And so keeping that front and center, I believe, at all times, in whatever ways the Holy Spirit is leading you to, I believe that will certainly help the youth to stay on fire, to be on fire, um, and to see the fires in other people's lives and help fan those flames for others as well. Awesome. So what is your weapon of choice, your preferred, your preferred Bible version? There are, I basically have a, a preaching version and kind of a reading version that's just kind of casual, and then I also have something for deeper study. And so the version that I'll preach from typically, and if I just want a, a light read, is the New Living Translation. I think it's super readable. It's in pretty familiar language for people, and it is also accurate. My study version, just as, this is what my professors had us read in, seminary, so it's really just because of this, I just got used to using it, and that's the new revised standard version, NRSV. Others like the ESV, the NASB is also a good one, they're all very accurate, and so those those are two weapons as far as Bible versions, but another weapon is using the scripture, which is speaking the scripture, that's why I created my Shut Up Devil app, ultimately for me, to help me do that. So many people have found it helpful after that, but it's taking God's Word related to whatever situation that we're going through, and then it is personalizing it to our lives. So, for example, the scripture says, 
in Galatians 3.26, so in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. So I then look at that and I say, what does that say about me? And I make a personalized declaration about that. So for example, I would declare over that verse, I am a child of God. That's been a huge weapon in my life for countering the enemy's attacks and being able to stand in the truth of God regardless of all the junk that he tries to throw at me and the ways that he tries to redefine me with all kinds of feelings, fears, and failures at times. I, and that's something I love about your app too, Shut Up Devil, is that not only do you get a, a scripture for where you need to be, but you have a, like, like you call it talk back, so something you can speak out loud, almost as like a, a an out loud prayer, you know, like, like a, putting your shield up, you know what I mean? And I, 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 I support your app so much because we talked about this in another interview before about when you're dealing with something, uh, let's say like addiction or even anger, and you and you try to open the Bible and you don't know where to go, and let's say you land on the book of Judges, you might not find what you're looking for, and and and, and depending on the version of the Bible you're reading, you you might be a little bit more confused so that's why I love the app because it's like a roadmap. I created it to be absolutely it's so that people could go in and they could quickly identify the issue that is facing them and find scriptures instantly on those issues and and then the personalized versions for them to make those declarations over themselves just like Jesus did in the wilderness when the enemy came at him with a temptation and, and the temptation really for Jesus was less of getting him to try to do something and more of getting him to try to give up something which was who he was the devil came and constantly questioned if you are the son of God and so it was a temptation to get him to question his identity and so so much of this app is built in helping you identify with what God's word says about yourself or your situation so that you know you are loved, you know you are God's masterpiece, you know you are created a new person when you speak those declarations over yourself. And as Jesus did, he spoke this, the written word. He said, he quoted a scripture, which ultimately, I say in the Greek, that means shut up devil. Right. I read your, your post today on Facebook about, um, you know, how pastors are just people too, and, you know, you guys fail just as much as we do, and you're preaching to yourselves a lot. Um, so this next question is kind of going against that, but who inspires you as a Christian speaker or a pastor? Well, we, we certainly all have our influences, and there is always the saying, never meet your heroes, because as soon as you meet your heroes, you realize they're human, and they'll let you down. Right. So that's, I think, what I was getting at in my post today, but I've had my influences, and um, especially when I, was, when I was younger, I was raised in southern Missouri, which is literally practically in the backyard of Joyce Meyer so she and her practical approach to Bible teaching is something that I've really gleaned on and I've, I've kind of modeled the practical part of that in a lot of what I do John Bevere has been another one I've appreciated, appreciated kind of his prophetic voice to the church I've also, those would be on a national level but there have been people like we all have that are close to us on a local level in our lives that have probably influenced more than anybody on television or through a book and so my pastor at home pastor ron in southern missouri area very influential and uh, another pastor of, of a, a church that i used to work at down in south florida at christ fellowship tom mullins he was also a big influence so we really all in one way or another are the product of our influences 
and I always tell people there's nothing new under the sun, so there's there's probably not a new thought that somebody hasn't already said, and so we're just gleaning from those influences, and then we're piggybacking on it, and then God's speaking to us, and then carrying it forth, and so those, those have been influenced. Roth is another one that uh, has been big, especially more on just the way he uses media. Uh, he's he's got one of the I think top ten Christian television programs today, and he just is a superstar when it comes to how to use the media to broadcast the power of God. And so I have really gleaned from that even uh, in the present time of the ministry. I, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate all your answers. But before we let you go, could you just tell us about your Armor of God program? Oh yeah, it, Armor of God is one of my favorite subjects to teach on, mostly because it's such a revelation that God gave me. Some years ago when I was writing my first book, Silent Satan, I was going through a chapter where I was planning to write on the armor of God and do it kind of in a traditional sense, the way that I had learned and many others learned, to to suit up and put on the armor of God to go into a battle with the enemy. Then as I was reading through the passage in Ephesians 6, there 12 through 18, I noticed a word that kept standing out. It was written four times in four different verses, the word stand. It would say, stand, withstand, stand, stand therefore. And God used that word and he said, Kyle, the armor of God, or really winning your battles in this thing we call spiritual warfare, isn't about suiting up for a bloodbath with a devil who's already defeated, but it's about standing in the victory of Jesus, the one who defeated him. And then Paul goes on after he says, stand therefore, he lists six different articles of the armor. A belt of truth, a breastplate of righteousness, shoes of peace, a shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And God showed me how each one of those pieces represent who we are and what we already have as ones clothed in Christ. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the source of our righteousness. Uh, He is our peace. Jesus said, peace in me is what real peace is. He is the object of our faith. Of course, he is our salvation, and he's the word of God in the flesh. So each one of those represent Jesus. They're not something that we have to strive or fight for, but they're something we already have as one's identified in Christ. So we just really have to learn how to activate those things, which is what I go through in my six-session e-course at armorofgodstudy.com. You can actually join in the first session there on the Belt of Truth. And it's just a fascinating exploration of how to activate each piece of what we already have in Christ in order to win our battles today. Thank you so much for that, and I appreciate you joining us on the way today. And be sure to download, everybody, be sure to download the Shut Up Devil app. I love it. It's a great app. Besides your Bible on your phone, you should have Shut Up Devil. That's the second thing you should have. And please check out Kyle Winkler Ministries. And thank you so much, Kyle, for joining us. And hopefully we get to talk to you again soon. Absolutely, Rob. I appreciate everything you're doing. And thank you so much for having me on. It was a blast. Thank you. Okay, so last night, actually, I watched this movie 
um, on Amazon Prime. I don't know if I can find it anywhere else, but it was on Amazon Prime. And I wanted to watch a Christian-based movie, so I typed in Christian. And I saw what was available, and I started going through some, and I saw this one called Translated. And I read the description of it, and I started watching it. And what it basically was, it showed in the beginning Paul, the Apostle Paul in prison. He was being let out by Roman soldiers ready to be killed. He had a sign around his neck that was out of wood. And they were speaking in what seemed to be Greek. Um, and they had captions on. And they read the sign that he had on, but they didn't say what it said. Like they didn't in the captain say what it's anyway. They leave him out to be killed, and when they go to kill him, poof, he vanishes and he lands up in 2019. And he's picked up. He's in Rome, Oregon of all places, and he's picked right. up by a truck driver. And the truck driver is uh, a Christian who's actually lost his faith uh, due to some tragedy in his life. So a lot of people can relate to that. That some tragedy and they blame God and. Right. They walk away. I know from personal experience I did the same thing. But um, this Apostle Paul comes to 2019 and he's uh, amazed with the astonishing technology and stuff that we've done. But he's also amazed that uh, he doesn't say Jesus. He says Yeshua has not returned. And he's also amazed at how the Christians of that time are separated by denominations. Mm. Mm. And he says they don't they, get me started on that. <laughs> he said they all these years and they still don't listen. There's still these Christians that separate over petty, you know, little things. Stupid, and they, stupid. When we all believe in Christ, we all believe He's our Savior, and that should be what we base our worship on. That's what we should base our whole teaching on. When we go into other theologies and it separates us I just think it's kind of wrong you should have your opinion I should have my opinion but that's not separate us as brothers in Christ anyway Paul uh, through this movie started to unite the churches of the town he was in called Eugene Oregon and um, there's even some churches that were against Paul and he even did some miracles on television to prove that he was Paul okay. he showed his back and showed his the, the lashes where he you know he, he did everything he could to prove he was the apostle Paul and people started to believe in the movie that this was Paul I mean if you can believe that uh, Philip was transported 150 miles away after talking to the the eunuch and 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 baptizing the eunuch why can't God do this that's what I thought is like we're so quick to dismiss a miracle of God in today's age right I mean the Bible tells us that we entertain angels and we don't know it I think the only way you can entertain an angel and don't know it is that the angel has to appear as something that you deem as normal right and so he can come in many different faucets so you're right I mean, so Paul faucets or facets facets they Facets, faucets, so what? <laughs> faucets. <me>. Right. <laughs> She's from New York now. She's a faucet. Faucet. Anyway, <laughs> we're being silly. But the movie was called Translated. I'm not going to give you what happened in the end of the movie. I really want uh, you to watch it. It's a Christian-based movie, of course. It's it's for all Christians, I believe. It's not for the Baptist or the Protestant or the Catholic. It's for all Christians to watch. And the message is profound. Now, I will say... The cinematography and the production are at a cheaper level, but 
the message is what you're looking for. And I think it was a beautiful movie to watch, clean movie to watch with the family. And when you really think about the teachings of Paul, uh, the letters of Paul in the Bible, I think that it shows his reaction to what it would be like today, of how astonished he was that we still haven't listened. We still haven't listened. So that's it. Translated. Check out that movie. And that's it. Post in the comments what you think. Yeah, post the comments. Amazon Prime. That's where you got to get it. I haven't seen it anywhere else. Maybe you can... I looked at Netflix and just not it. Maybe you can find it somewhere else. I don't know if Pureflix has it. Anything like that. Uh, but also, that's another thing I want to hear in the movie review. If you don't know about Pureflix, try Pureflix. They'll give you a month for free. Not a week. They'll give you a month for free just to sign up. And it's all clean Christian based content everything from teachings and sermons to kids shows to everything else I'm a big uh, advocate of pure flicks to have in your home that's it and that's my review to close it out The way today's word for you. What's up, online family? It's your boy, Pastor Brian, a.k.a. Pastor Breezy from Common Ground Vineyard Church. And I'm here to share with you a message called Shifting in Season. You see, the Bible tells us that there are times and seasons for everything under the heavens. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 2 and 3, it says there's a time to be born and a time to die. There's also a time to plant and a time to uproot. And these two times, these two seasons are what you could call seed time and harvest. You see, everything in the natural world has a seed time, whether it's plants or animals or people or even ideas that we think up in our minds. There is a seed time for everything. And we need to know that seed time is valuable, but it's only meant to prepare us for harvest time. Because you see, every seed is an expectation of God's promise. It's an expectation of a return. You can't imagine planting a seed in the ground and not getting what you planted or getting anything for that matter. God gives us seed time and harvest so that we can know that we won't have to wait forever. We can understand that when God gives us a promise, it may be a little something now, but it will become something so much greater as we wait upon the Lord. So I want to encourage you, if you're holding out for hope or you're not sure that you can believe for greater things to come, understand that God wants you to know that your breakthrough is just a season away. Praise God. Your answers to prayer are just a season away. Your peace is only a season away. The miracles that you've been expecting are only a season away. Because you see, God causes seasons to shift. Winter, spring, summer, fall. And he sets up appointed times in those different seasons for you to remember 
that it's God who causes everything, the rain to fall, the sun to shine, the wind and the trees to blow, the snow to fall. He causes everything to happen at its appropriate time for you to remember that he alone can change the seasons. And as he changes the seasons, he calls for you to change along with your season. I'll keep pressing on toward the goal that's only by grace alone Sustaining me through the fire, the Savior's holding me close In a world that hates God and a culture that thinks I'm wrong For believing what scripture teaches, I'll keep on proclaiming Jesus But I am better than anyone else, I'm prone to fall And start wandering in my heart, but the Savior constantly draws Me back unto himself ever since he saved me from hell Now in the house of the Lord, I'll dwell even though I was a felon In God's sight, I get broken his law, right? So I naturally deserve to be burned and it'd be right He saved me despite perversion and promised that he preserved me Now purpose Fully be swerving past all of the evil serpents Distractions that he be throwing at me Just hold to his holy majesty Cloaked in his righteous robe so I have to be Killing sin and keep pressing on by his grace Can't wait until the day I see Jesus Christ face to face